Welcome to the Leaps of Faith podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Coleman. I'm so glad you're here. Whether this is an interview with an active member of the church, an ex-Mormon, or anyone in between, remember to be curious and to create space in your heart and mind. We are here to bridge the divide between us. Now, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the Leaps of Faith podcast. I am so glad you're here. My name is Marissa Coleman. I am your host. And today we have my dear friend Bryn on as our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, Bryn? Yes. Hello. I'm Bryn. <laughs> Thanks for having <laughs> me on your podcast, Marissa. <laughs> of course. So for today, it being our first episode, I'm going to have Bryn interview me using the questions that I'm going to be using with uh, most all of my guests on our podcast. Um just to remind you all, this podcast, the purpose of this podcast is to um, build a, a bridge or, you know, take a leap of faith between Mormons and ex-Mormons and start building some space for dialogue between our two very different and completely opposite communities. Um, so we're just going to be talking about my experiences with the Mormon church and um, where, you know, my faith and my search for truth has taken me. And where, where we can take our conversations with other guests from here. We, I will be interviewing Bryn next week as my first guest on this podcast. She's got an amazing story as, story as well. Um, and I can't wait to talk to her about that next week. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bryn, you and I actually grew up um, just like around the corner from each other. So I just wanted to talk about that real quick. We, we have very different stories with, within our faith journeys. Um, we, we started um, off growing up in the church in different ways, um, even though we lived so close to each other. Um, and we, we both left the church in different ways. Um, but we have mm -hmm. such similar backgrounds in where we come from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We were in the... the um rival cul-de-sacs in our ward <laughs> yeah there were two cul-de-sacs within our ward our ward boundaries were so small just two blocks um and yes we were in the the only two cul-de-sacs in that tiny little community yes the most um basic suburban mormon experience you could have oh my but gosh the bubble very different the bubble. experiences even Definitely. though we grew up so similar yeah. And I think listeners will be able to see those differences as they listen to this episode and our next episode with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for we'll sure. Be able to dive into that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to dive questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, Marissa, um, let's describe our personal faith journey and the role that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints has played in that. Okay, so I obviously grew up an active member of the church in a very, very active Mormon family in Happy Valley, Utah. Um, I'm the oldest of uh, four kids, and uh, my parents were both raised in the church. Um, they had very different upbringings in the church as well. Um, they have their own experiences with their faith and things like that, um, but they raised us very... Um, just very, um, mainstream Mormon. Um, 
I was raised with a lot of perfectionistic expectations, and I'm sure you remember (laughs) um, just among like our friend group and um, leaders, and then also within my own family, being the oldest child. And um, I just had these expectations of being this perfect person. Um, And for a while, I was able to meet a lot of those expectations um, as someone that lived with a lot of privilege um, in, you know, a a nice home and a nice community surrounded by great friends. I I really didn't have to try that hard to meet those expectations for a long time. Um, And one thing that I I do love about my childhood is that it, it was just full of faith and purpose and was family oriented. And that was a really positive part of my childhood was um, um, it just, it was very wholesome, which I really appreciated. So then I left for my mission when I was 19. I worked extremely hard. Um, I can definitely say that. I had an anxiety disorder all growing up, but it hadn't been diagnosed yet. And I wasn't yet on medication. Um, So I was, I don't even know. I look back and I don't even know how I did my mission. It was because it's such a strict schedule and so demanding on your social, mental, emotional, physical, like everything. Um, and so I, I, I'm very proud of how hard I worked and, um, that I was able to be like perfectly obedient. Um, even if I don't have the same beliefs anymore, I'm still very proud of that effort that I put in. Mm -hmm. Um, but because I wasn't yet medicated for my anxiety, that's when, you know, you know, something had to give. So that's when I developed my eating disorder and um, became extremely stressed. And then when I got home from my mission, I, I fell apart. I fell into like a four month depression. Like I remember I couldn't get out of bed um, for like days and, um, and I didn't go to any of my classes. So finally I had to withdraw from BYU Um and just start working. Um, I'd put on a bunch of weight by this point, like during my mission and after my mission. So my self-esteem was like super low. Um, So yeah, good times. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a very fun time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, I soon after, you know, started on medication with my psychiatrist, um, found a really great counselor. Um, I I went back to Washington to start working in the summers. And that's actually when I met Josh, my now husband. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But the big problem was, is that he was not Mormon. So I had tried dating in Utah and stuff and nothing had ever really clicked for me with anyone. And I started to think, okay, maybe I'm like asexual or something. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I, or maybe like love just is different than what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then I met Josh and suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, this is like better than any fairy tale I've ever read. Um, and so then I started going through this really painful process of trying to decide if I was going to pursue my true love or pursue my salvation. Um, <clears throat> I cannot so- even imagine. Yeah, such a hard thing. It was, (laughs) it was just like, and in my mind, everything is like 10 times more intense than in the (laughs) world. So it was terrifying. And I mean, no, in the church, like 
that to marry a non a non-member right is like yes completely forbidden so it's it's unheard of right right and oh it was so scary and um it got to a point where I actually contemplated you know taking my life Mm. um because it seemed like it honestly logically like within the context of being in the church it seemed like the best solution to avoid me making decisions that would take Mm -hmm. away my salvation instead just end my life here when I had been doing everything right and have salvation you know like yeah and it's just it's just yeah it it breaks my heart to look back on that sad little young woman in my early 20s just guilt-ridden um mm-hmm. uh but you know eventually I came to a point and now that's not when I left the church that's when I came to a point of like you know what I feel good about this guy I love this guy I want him I want him in this life and um you know he hasn't said he'd never join the church you know it's he's he said it's a possibility you know he's meeting with the missionary mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna hope that everything will work out that you know that God loves me that he'll take care of me and us and and make everything work out. And so that's what I held on to when I decided to date and then marry him. Yeah. That um, must have been such a hard way to start a relationship too. Oh my gosh. We broke up like so many times and it was all me. It was just me being like, every time we'd take a step forward in our relationship, mm-hmm. I would like knock us two steps back because I was terrified. Yeah. Like so many times I've wished I could go back in time and just kind of give our relationship a redo because... I just, I feel so bad for how much I put him through, but honestly, it's, it's made us so strong and we've, we've worked through so much because we come from such different backgrounds that like we've developed a deeper understanding for each other through all of Mm -hmm. that. And by breaking up and getting back together so many times, we know, you know, we know that this is what we want. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful way to look at it. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So anyways, we got married and. Um, had my daughter and everything, and um, I inherited two stepdaughters from my husband from his previous marriage, and um, we've just had this wonderful little family that I'm just so in love with and so glad that I built with him. Um, and then that takes us to about last spring. Um, I was serving as the primary chorister, and I was leading the kids and singing "Families Can Be Together Forever," which is you know, a primary song in the church. And, um, and I had this thought that like, okay, my family of origin, a couple of my siblings have left the church. I'm not going to be with my whole family of origin forever. And then Mm -hmm. my current family, I'm, you know, I'm in the church and, you know, I had, you know, repented of, of things and I was in good standing at the time. And, um, but, you know, my husband and stepdaughters were not in the church and, everything and so I was like we're not gonna be together forever so what what am am I doing what am I working for here so I I left that Sunday and I didn't go back for like six months and then last September I came to a decision point where I was like okay either I need to find out for myself if this is true and then and then I need to kick it into gear and you know reactivate my sling and and get my husband and stepdaughters baptized, you know, and seal yeah, and everything. Right. Or I can just let this guilt go and just, you know, live how I want to live, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so that's when I started looking into, you know, the dun 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 ex Mormon <laughs> materials, <laughs> anti Mormon information. Yeah, anti Mormon materials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I learned a lot of things and gathered a lot of information. And, you know, one thing I really want to emphasize here because I want to just remind us of the purpose of this podcast. I'm not here to tell mm-hmm. people, you know, that the church isn't true. I'm, I'm here to, you know, because we're all just, and I'm, I'm going to emphasize this again at the end of our episode, but that we are all just people on this rock plummeting through space that are trying to figure out how to live. And, you know, I found for myself that, you know, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not the path that I'm, that I'm going to follow for the rest of my life, you know, but so many people within the church and me for a long time have found so much, you know, peace and joy and happiness, you know, because the lifestyle works for them and for their family and they hold the belief so dear to their hearts. And so I'm not here Mm -hmm. to say like, you're wrong and you're, you're bad for believing, you know, or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, I found for myself, it is not what's for me, you know, based on the information I gathered and the way that I feel in my lifestyle. Um, Right. Yeah. And that's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, Well, when I met you around this time, kind of, I think, um, in your, in your journey, um, I was really impressed at that perspective that you were looking at it as this is information. I want to know more information about what you're signing up for in the Mormon church. And yeah, like you want to know all there is to know <laughs> of yes. both sides and everything. And I thought that was a really cool perspective because it can be so scary because of the way that the church has made looking into information outside of like the church's website or the church's approved books. Um, they've made it so scary, but I, I thought your your perspective was was really interesting. Oh, thank you. Yes. And totally, I totally get that. I got that same vibe growing up for sure. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, some people, you know, some people choose to avoid information out there and, you know, that's their prerogative, but I, I wanted to just have all the information, you know, when I, Mm -hmm. when I looked at things like the CES letter and the letter to my wife and things like that, there wasn't a a black hole that opened and sucked me in and I was filled with demons suddenly, you know, it was, it's just, it just works. It's just, it's just information, you know, yeah, um, right. background information that, you know, the church can leave out sometimes or, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, uh, reword <laughs> in certain ways, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's available to everyone, but right. Yeah, so, so that's my story. And that brings us to today. I've been spending the last almost year just deconstructing my faith and kind of rebuilding how I view my life and the world and my existence here. Um, and that's led me to want to create this podcast because, you know, I've joined these Facebook groups and, um, and follow people on Instagram and things like that. And there's so much just divisive dialogue out there. Just people Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like, I had looked at one, uh, like a, a thread the other day where, there were these people that were going on for like 84 comments that were just trying to like yell back and forth about whether Mormons were Christian or not. 
like oh Christians and Mormons wow. and ex-Mormons jumping in there and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, you know, if you all really wanted to be like Christ, you would not be arguing over the definition of Christian on Instagram. You'd be out helping people, you know? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, we just need to find some common ground and some ways to coexist and create space for each other. <clears throat> all right. So... What aspects of the Mormon faith or community have had a significant impact on your life? Oh my gosh, everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you know, we were in it. We were deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was not like we go to church on Sundays and then, you know, we're doing other, um, uh, I don't know, like... I don't like our whole my whole childhood revolved around religion like we did activities during the week and you know and paying tithing and fasting you know like all that stuff yeah so, and probably family prayers family yes. scripture study personal oh gosh, prayers yes. personal yeah and family home evening all of it yeah and d- I don't know about you but I did not know anyone who wasn't Mormon I knew a couple like what are the inactive members but like uh, until my mission, I did not know anyone who was not Mormon. Right? I, I met <laughs> one girl in um, middle school who wasn't Mormon. <laughs> she wow. said, she's like, I play, I play the guitar in my church band. And I was like, your ward has a band? <laughs> <laughs> That's rare that you even met someone who was I know, in a church and not the Mormon church. Wow. Right. right. <laughs> I was like, man, you must travel a ways to get to your church seriously (laughs) yeah but yeah so you know everything within the faith and the doctrine and then everything in the community had a significant impact on my life and it continues to be like a large piece of the like the broader lens that I now view life through like yeah I now that I've stepped away I can I remember how it feels looking at the world through that lens and that informs a lot of things but I can also see this outside perspective as well and am currently exploring that so Mm -hmm. well and how do you navigate the differences and similarities between the beliefs and experiences of mormons and ex-mormons okay so while the experiences of mormons and ex-mormons are probably very similar prior to the experiences that lead an ex-mormon to leaving the church um so, so Mormons and ex-Mormons can really identify together on, you know, culture and, and, uh, mm-hmm. doctrine and th- like, you know, we, we all know that stuff, but, um, when it comes to beliefs, <laughs> polar opposite, you know, yeah, <laughs> Mormons believe, you know, fully the Mormon doctrine and ex-Mormons, you know, typically tend to run as far away from that as they can. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's really the challenge. But also the intrigue of this podcast is that there, there's just, there's not a lot of common ground. We're walking like a tightrope here trying to find common ground between these two groups of people. But mm-hmm. I just, I think it would be worth so much if we could just, you know, I always say like create space, just enough space in each of our hearts for, you know, Mormons to be like, okay. You may not believe what I believe anymore. You may have rejected what I believe, but, you know, maybe, maybe you can also be truly happy, you know? And then ex-Mormons mm-hmm. can be like, you know what, you you believe all these things that I don't believe in anymore, but, but maybe you can also be truly happy, you know? 
And so yeah. I think if we're both able to create just a little space for that, you know, like we can, we can get along and heal some relationships. So, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of relationships, in what ways has leaving the church affected your relationships with family, friends, and um, the community? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the <laughs> hardest part, man. Yeah, oh, it is so hard. I've told, like, I've straight up told a few friends, and that was terrifying. Um, I I have yet to straightforwardly have a conversation with my parents, and I don't know if I will. You know, mm-hmm. they they may very well listen to this later, and that's completely fine. It's, but um, I just don't know if that's a conversation that we need to have. I'm trying to figure that out. Like, if if I can just slowly and I've been doing this you know expose more of who I really am now to my community um you know my family my friends the people I'm surrounded with and just slowly become myself honestly then that might be enough um rather than having to make a big announcement or um or have these intense conversations with my loved ones Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's different for everyone. Everyone chooses to do it in different ways. I, a friend of mine is, is a lesbian and I was talking to her about this and I was like, it almost feels like, like coming out, you know? And she's yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's so similar. She's <laughs> like, the, the things you've been describing to me, cause I've been talking to her about a lot of this. And she's like, the things you've been describing to me about, you know, how people will change the whole way they think and feel about you and how terrifying it is and how it changes relationships. She's like, it's very similar. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a way to, you know, bring down or elevate one or the other, but just mm-hmm. it, I think it's a way that that it can be described is similar to that. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. And I totally see it. Um, yeah, the, how it changes the way people see, see you completely. So, yeah, 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 that can be scary to do to show your true self. But I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, let's see here. Can you discuss any misconceptions or stereotypes associated with Mormons or ex-Mormons that you have encountered? Well, I can't speak to what never, like, I, I say never most because that's the, the short answer, <laughs> never Mormon. But <laughs> Yeah, which but, a Mormon might not know. but Right, right. But yeah, an ex-Mormon. Yeah, yes. So possibly would. <laughs> right, exactly. So someone who's never been Mormon, I can't speak for how they perceive Mormons or even ex-Mormons, but I know that ex-Mormons tend to perceive Mormons as deceived and ignorant <laughs> and you know willingly <laughs> turning their, you know, putting on blinders and not looking at information that's right in front of them. Um like that's the stereotype that ex-Mormons tend to have about Mormons and then Mormons tend to look at ex-Mormons also is deceived, <laughs> but also very <laughs> yeah. like, hateful and bitter and angry, you know, because they, they perceive them as, you know, being overcome by, you know, by Satan and, and things like that. And, and so there's these really just nasty stereotypes that these groups have towards each other. Um, but yeah, like I said before, we're all, we're all just people trying our best and um, yeah, opening opening these conversations is just something that's not happening but needs to yeah I completely agree with that um what challenges and opportunities 
arise from the intersection of faith, culture, and personal identity for Mormons and ex-Mormons? Oh, I love this question because that's 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 what we're going for here is this, mm-hmm. this intersection. So challenges. Um, Mormons being willing to listen openly to the experiences of ex-Mormons. Big challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because Mormons, Mormons, active Mormons are both skeptical of these experiences and afraid mm-hmm. of listening to these experiences. When in reality, if you want to keep your faith, you can, you know? And, um, but I, I think it's important to be able to listen to what ex-Mormons have gone through and to like, and just to validate, you know, their feelings and their experiences without having to feel like you're going to be dragged down with them, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, that's a big challenge. And then on the flip side, ex-Mormons being willing to validate the honest faith that Mormons have, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember being a Mormon. I was totally full of just this honest faith and, you know, passion for what I believed in. And, um, you know, ex-Mormons have been there too. You know, I bet, you know, obviously I'm an ex-Mormon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying right now. Yeah, <laughs> but like, right. But we've, you know, we've been there. We remember that, but we, we try and push it away because we're, we're angry that, you know, that we, we, we have been led to believe things that we, we now have more information about. You know, but if we, if we're willing to listen to Mormons, you know, with boundaries, not having, you know, unsolicited testimonies bore to us, just like we, you know, ex-Mormons respect that Mormons don't want the CES letter randomly texted to them. You know, if we have boundaries, (laughs) we have respect for each other, but if we can just listen to our honest feelings and validate each other without saying, oh, you're right, we can say, you know, that's, that's, that is your experience. I believe you. That is, you know, it, it seems like it's, it's working for you. Like that's wonderful, you know, without having to say you're right. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the challenge. And then also the opportunities, you know, once we're able to listen to each other, mending relationships, you know, mm-hmm. increasing our empathy and understanding for each other and just becoming better humans. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that. I I love that you said, um, saying, I believe you, you know, listening and validating each other's experiences. I feel like you are amazing at this and you help to soften me a little bit. (laughs) So I just (laughs) want to thank you for that because, um, I think you have an amazing way of understanding both sides of the coin here and having empathy and compassion. Um, because, you know, when you leave the church, you're really angry. You, yeah. I I would be surprised if anyone wasn't at first. Oh, I was so angry. Yes. Yeah, like really hurt. It really is like the five stages of, of grief sort yes. of thing. Um, and yeah, I think it can be hard to remember when you're dealing with so much hurt to remember how it felt as a an active Mormon to have someone close to you leave which I guess is wasn't really happening when we were younger people weren't really leaving or you didn't talk about it I guess so I don't know it's it's uh, yeah it's hard for for everyone it is it so is yep because my 
my parents, you know, have gone through so much with three of their children leaving the church. And I, mm-hmm. I know that their pain is real and valid. And even though I don't believe the consequences that they believe in, you know, will happen in the next life, they believe that. And I respect that. And I, I mourn for them and with them um, without having to sacrifice who I am. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard line to walk. Yeah. And it's hard for everyone involved. <laughs> but it's right. if, if you value the relationships of people over that line, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll walk it. You know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Putting relationships first really makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, how do you find common ground and foster constructive dialogue between Mormons and ex-Mormons? I was kind of wondering this as we were talking about this. It's a good leading question. Like, what can we do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So now that that we've talked about, like, why, like, I've got three attributes that I think will be really helpful here. I've been working with my amazing therapist and I've got some really, really, really hateful inner self-talk. I don't, I don't really know where it comes from, but it's, it's been really hard on me for a long time. And my therapist has completely changed my life without dieting or anything. I've lost 30 pounds just by changing how I'm talking to myself. Like, wow, that's amazing. And that's, that's healthy for me because I am overweight, you know, (laughs) like I'm not saying like (laughs) I went from a hundred pounds to 70 pounds. No, this is weight that needed to come off. And, um, and the key to that was curiosity. So whenever I have a, like, uh, a negative thought pop into my head, she said, or, or, Um, or a weakness come up or something. She says, instead of, you know, jumping to a conclusion or, you know, having a real reaction first, just be curious about it. Just, Mm, I love that. Why, why am I feeling this way? What, what's the need that I have right now? And that's completely changed my life. And I think that that can be so important in opening these dialogues is just being curious, you know, instead of going into a conversation with, with, walls up or ready to attack, you know, or things like that, like, or with an agenda, you go in curious and wanting, wanting to learn more about someone and their beliefs and, and what questions they have and what answers they have to questions you have, just, just go in curious. And if both parties are curious, both parties are going to learn a lot. Right. Starting with curiosity and then throughout the conversation, showing respect. You know, if someone says something that you don't agree with, we're not two. we're not going to hurl things at each other. You know, we're not going to bite or kick or say mean things. We're going to be, you know, respectfully disagree. Like, oh, what, what an interesting perspective. I, I don't personally agree with that, but I see your reasoning and, you know, or something like that, you know, just being respectful. And then Mm -hmm. also showing empathy, you know, when, when someone believes something very different from you, just putting yourself in their shoes, their situation, their background, thinking about how you can relate to how they feel. And I think if we are curious, respectful, and empathetic, we can find common ground and foster constructive dialogue between these two groups of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I love that. It reminds me, uh, curiosity reminds me of something you said earlier that, well, I think curiosity can be a little bit scary for to grew up in the church. I'd say 
on both sides, <laughs> Mormons and ex-Mormons, you know, but especially Mormons, it could be a little bit scary to be open to being even curious, but something you yeah. said earlier that no one can make you lose your faith. So going into a situation and just being curious, it's, it's not going to hurt you, you know, like you can hold your faith within yourself while still being, um, like open to listening to someone else's experience. Yes, yes, exactly. It, it's like, it's like my two-year-old in a hot stove. She can be curious. You know, why is it glowing red? You know, mm-hmm. why, why, why this? Why that? Like about the hot stove. She can be so curious and ask all the questions, get all the information she needs without touching it. You know? Yeah. Like, right. Like yeah. That's, that's the same thing with this. Like okay, we know you don't want to touch the hot stove. We know you don't want to lose your faith. We know, or we know you don't want to fall back into your beliefs in the church, you know, whichever side you're on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can ask lots of questions and you can get lots of answers and it doesn't have to, you don't have to touch the stove, you know, you're going right. to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and here with the last question, what advice or insights would you offer to individuals who are questioning their faith or considering leaving the Mormon church? So that, you know, that brings me back to that moment where I was laying in my bed in my college dorm, wondering if I should take my own life. And my answer, you know, cause I was there on the cusp of choosing between or finding a way out, you know, be true to yourself. Don't let fear or pressure from people on either side of the road, you know, whether it's whether you're being pulled by your your active Mormon family or or even, you know, your your ex-Mormon family or friends, you know, don't let the fear or pressure from people on either side pull you or push you one way or the other. At the end of the day, it's your life. And whether you believe you'll have to answer for your choices in the next life or not, you have to live with your life here. So follow your heart and then live it with confidence. And if you made the wrong choice, you can, you know, you can backtrack or you can find a new path, you know, but be true to yourself and learn what you need as a person and, and follow that. Oh my gosh, Marissa. I, um, I feel like everything you just said summed up my, the things I've learned is like, if you made the wrong choice, you gonna be okay um yes yeah it's your own life you're the one who has to live it I love it I love it yeah well that's so that's the that's the end of the interview I hope listeners that you've gotten to know me a little better your host and um I just want to conclude by saying that you know the purpose of this podcast as I've said several times throughout the podcast is to create space for everyone within ourselves We're all in the same boat, like I said before, on this large rock plummeting through space. We might as well be there for each other as we navigate this life. So thank you all so much for being here. Um, I hope you'll stay tuned for the next one. Bryn is going to be our guest next time. Next time I will be interviewing her. Um, So gear up. She's got a great story as well. Very different from mine, which is so cool. We'll be able to see, you know, the similarities and differences we've had you know, in our upbringing and in our changes in our faith. Um, So I'm really excited for, for our next episode. And I, I hope you guys will all tune in.